2: Andy, and Having discussion? I be on it all night, man. I be on it all day. Straight up, pimp. If you want me, you can find me in that.
3: What are you looking at me like that for? What are you talking about? We're supposed to make eye contact.
2: It's the Midday
4: Show with... Andy Falker and my son, my baby boy, Randy McMichael.
3: When I crack open this mic. <laughs> that was the most media member thing uh, that's ever been yeah. said.
0: Randy Montez McMichael as Randy and my firstborn son Andrew Stephen Bunker as Andy.
3: You can't say Randy without saying Andy. It's the Andy and Randy Midday Show. Boring answer.
2: Just make sure you don't touch that dial, then we'll be cool. Touch it and use the phone. On Sports Radio 929, The Game. Yeah.
3: Good morning. Welcome in Sports Radio 929, The Game, The Midday Show with Andy and Randy with you here on a Trillville Trill. Thursday. Thank you so much for being with us. Hopefully, everybody's enjoying a, a nice, crisp, sunny Thursday morning. Good morning to you, Randy. How are you? Was
2: happening, man. Yeah, it's, it was nice, crispy, and all that other dispy outside today. And obviously, crispy dispy. You know, we're 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 uh, living for the weekend. Don't forget, guys. Tomorrow we'll be at Twin Peaks in Kennesaw hanging out. So if you're around that area, come hang out with us as we are. The meeting list. We are we are on the air while they have the big. Is this just the station meeting or the big the big cluster meeting?
3: I I think it's everyone. Everybody. Yeah, I think this is all the whole the everyone crew
2: meeting. And, and Abe is in there taking notes, you know, and coming back with the whole breakdown for us in an hour or so. But we're here. Cracking open the mic, having a good time as we get ready for the weekend.
3: It's great because I get to do two of my favorite things at once. Okay. This show, okay. which is one of my favorite things to do, okay. and not go to meetings, yes. which is one of my other favorite things to do. Yes. So two birds, one stone right now. The other thing that's making my Thursday morning really nice is that um, Cat Williams isn't mad at me. Dude. So
2: hey, man.
3: I'm able to just go about my day and not worry about any of that smoke that everyone else in the comedy world is dealing with. Uh-huh. Ooh, oh, oh boy,
2: man. Andy! I got home and I sat and watched the whole two hours and forty minutes. Good obviously, for you. I had nothing to Good do. For you. Didn't have any shows <laughs> saved or nothing. So you know, kid, like little man, had took a nap. So I put him down for a nap, and so I was straight. So I just sat there and just watched and just it, it was so funny because <laughs> first of all, Cat Williams one of my favorite comics. because it's Cat Williams. He's so one of my favorite funny. comics of all time. And the fact is that at the end of it, there were some truths. There were some truths. I'm sure there were. There were. There were a lot of embellishes. I'm sure there were. <laughs> there were some, maybe some bald faded <laughs> <and> ad lies. <laughs> but overall, the whole thing, it was just funny as hell. Oh, some sorry. of the stuff that he was telling, some of the stories that he was talking about. And I just sat back and just laughed. I laughed so much at it. I thought it was a comedy special. Yeah, I really did. I yeah. thought it was I thought it was a comedy special. I had to special. pause
3: it because I was laughing. I only got to listen, I listened to like the 25 minutes of the podcast yeah. on the way home right. and then saw, you know, probably the 10 or 15 clips that are circulating the right. the, the, the internet uh <laughs> over the last 24 hours or so. But yeah, multiple times, had to pause it and uh and and laugh and then turn it back on and be like, "Did he really just say that about that yeah. person yes. who's a celebrity that everyone knows?" Yes. All right, well that yes. guy's obviously going to have to address yeah. Yeah. that claim yeah, and then man. they all did like yeah. everybody oh, did yeah. you got
2: you, you can't you can't just let him talk about you and your lady and, and whatever whatever <laughs> and not say something back man but i was i was rolling down and
3: people might say well why of course you know that's that's a funny way to segue into talking about Cat Williams, but of course he wouldn't ever go after uh, a local Atlanta radio. No, 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 uh, not so fast. Not so fast. Uh, you uh, know, but I mean, other other careers have ended in this building. Uh, yeah, thanks man. to him. Yeah, so dog, I'm was, staying on the good side of Cat Williams yeah, if I can was, help it.
2: It was funny as hell, man. But like I said, it was. You could tell some of the stuff that wasn't true. Some that may have been true, but overall, I just laughed. I mean, just sitting there for two and a half hours, <laughs> just just dishing it and you know he has some good points about certain things that weren't when he wasn't dissing people and everything like that but yeah i was like damn homie i mean he came on and he came in hot too i can't believe you sat there let that man lie to you like that (laughs) didn't even correct him
3: i think my favorite and i'm probably not going to get the line exactly right and i'm certainly not going to do a cat williams impression because i can't uh but when he took a long pause took a sip and then looked at shannon sharp and said it's unlike you to be this loyal to losers or yes. something like that i don't know exactly <laughs> what he said but it's it's unlike oh man what a phenomenal Dude, it was just a great uh... line. it was a great line anyway so, so yeah anyway, but, uh, check it out if you have it it's pretty funny also if you don't know who cat williams is he's a really funny comedian and you should look into it he's incredibly funny if you don't know most people probably know right familiar with cat williams so, i would hope so. I would so uh if you don't know who he is <laughs> Look up some YouTube clips.
2: Sitting over there looking like
3: a walrus. (laughs) (laughs) With his arms on his tummy. (laughs) He said 30,000 scripts get written in Hollywood every single year. And And not one of them was asking for a country country bumpkin who looks like like Mr. (laughs) Potato Head.
2: (laughs) It can barely talk. It can barely talk. Yeah.
3: Oh, man. Anyway, glad to say that he wasn't uh, he wasn't mad at either one of yeah. us on that Shannon Sharp special. Um, Hawk's game was a Hawks game last night. Exactly what you would expect. Um, I, we I, We almost called the score on the show yesterday. Uh, didn't quite get high enough, but 141, 138, the Hawks win last night over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Another nice win, honestly. And I know the way that it ended was uh was dicey. They they damn well, near gave it that wasn't thing dicey. up. It was Hawksy. It was Hawksy. Yeah. It was I mean, Hawks-y. Boy, do they just they they play the NBA's version of prevent defense? Like they get up and then they just stop like these guys play like they all have five fouls. Yes. And none of them had five fouls. Like they're just allowing Faye Gilgis Alexander to get to the rim at will uh and not contest and I guess twos are better than threes and you're playing the clock yeah, and all what, that kind the of red stuff. But boy, oh boy, Dang. was that uh that that's... was that was a tough way to end that basketball game. They they won, and that's what matters. They beat the the Thunder and the Thunder are a good team. Um, but man, that was that was pretty pretty tough at the end. And if that shot goes in, really nice play design by yes. the Thunder coming out of that timeout. That shot goes in and that game goes to overtime. Do not think we're talking oh, about no. Hawks victory. No, they
2: were, they were like probably lost by double digits if they had one overtime and everything. But they you don't. But it didn't. When you don't apologize for winning. That is the most important thing. Jalen Johnson's been really good since yeah, he was really back. Really good. We saw him put Chet on the uh, on a poster last night. Uh and you know Now he, was that dunking on? Yes, that's dunking on. Okay. That, that's not dunking around. Because
3: that was a great move to get there, yeah. much like Jaw the other night yeah. with Wemby. But no, he went over him. Okay. Though. He went
2: over him. And so, I mean, that was a great play by him. And they're in this this mode where, I mean the first to one hundred and fifty, yep, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, much. or one hundred and forty, or one hundred and thirty, or we, something. I mean, but as yeah, we know the Hawks can score with anybody in, in in the NBA. It's just them trying to find a way to get stops. And I think if they can find a way to do that, then you might have something. But they they have to make a move. We know what they have to do. And I don't know what moves out there is going to help this team this year, unless you go get one of those an all star caliber player.
3: Yeah, you know what though, like it. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be something like that. No, I, I don't that. think that's what it's going to be. I think they'll probably, uh, if they decide they want to move one of their starters, um, it'll it'll be for some picks and and kind of a, a role player type guy. But I also think role players are what this team needs. Like I, they I need don't some three and D guys. I, they have no need for extra offense. Right. Like no no offense to Dejounte or DeAndre Hunter when he's healthy or Capella or like other guys that are that are being rumored as as trade bait. Like they're still going to score 130 points without those guys, but if they had a couple guys that could defend on the perimeter and could actually maybe maybe lock down in a crunch moment against a scorer from another team, like but there's nothing sexy about the guys that that I'm going to mention here. All right, but guys like Matisse Thibault from Portland Mm -hmm. is a really good perimeter defender. Guy y'all
2: mentioned three years ago, Derek White. Well, he's in Boston. Now, I know but in I'm a great saying, role. I'm just saying.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, we were right about that. Yes, you were. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we were, you were. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been really nice to have that guy. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's not going to be. I don't think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's some blockbuster on the horizon that no one has expected. I mean, it's the NBA these days, so anything can happen. But uh, I think it's it, it's a couple non sexy pieces that make this team better. They're not going to be a top-four seed in the East this year. They're nope. just not. They're, they're not going to be an Eastern Conference Finals team. They're, they're not, That's not where they are right now. But I, I think that they could add a couple good perimeter defensive pieces to get them back to 500, I mean, to get them back to maybe potentially getting out of the play-in round. Again, they've buried themselves pretty deep early in the season with the record and all the losses that they've had. But I think the offense that they're going to play, you get average perimeter defense. You, you can, win a, can win a lot of games. You can win a lot of games.
2: That's the thing about it. That's, and that's all you have to do is get average. Average – we're not talking about lockdown, old school piston, something like that. Just average defense at best. And, and then you can win way more – you can win way more games because very rarely they get blown out. No. A lot of times they have the lead.
3: Yeah, a lot of times, yeah, they either <laughs> yeah, have the lead late yeah. and they give it up or yeah. they're kind of tooth and nail and they just can't get stops down the stretch. It, we do a lot of asking for average on this show, don't we? <laughs> just play defense <laughs> at an average level and you can win a lot of games. Right. You go across town and just. Play quarterback at an average level. Just play some average quarterback. That was the ask back in the summer, wasn't it? Yes. Just base level, game management, average that's level all. quarterback. That's play. all you need. It. You can win this division, yep. and we can be having a, you know look into the playoffs and all that kind of that's stuff. That's all you need. It. Didn't get it, obviously. Got significantly below average quarterback play for the majority of the season. Average quarterback play on Sunday will probably get it done, though, because that's what they got last time they played the Saints. It was fine because the quarterback didn't have to do too much. They ran the ball much. really well. Hopefully they can do that on Sunday as well. Obviously they're going to need help. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's the same ask from week one to week 18. Let the quarterback play average. The Falcons have a pretty good chance to win on Sunday against the Saints.
2: Well, Six. I mean, is that gonna, which quarterback is it going to be?
3: You oh, know. the average
2: one. Yeah, I mean, okay. all right. Uh, I don't know which quarterback is going to be that, that goes down New Orleans. Uh, I'm sure we'll get more information uh, later on in the day, like you said, when Joe uh, goes up for uh, Arthur's uh, press conference and everything. But, I mean, does it really matter who starts a quarterback? That's That's what I should say. Just be average because both of them, I don't even think they're average quarterbacks. They are what they are. And so I, my biggest thing, don't go mess it up. Ritter's record is better than Heineke's. Okay.
3: <laughs> Oh, well, he started more games. <laughs> he no, but I mean his percentage. Oh, I think Heineke's like one and four oh, or something he, like something that. like that. Okay, yeah. well, I mean that's
2: what I'm saying. Like, I mean you're not going to learn anything because we know this. The first priority of the Atlanta Falcons, and we're not. Uh, I, I should say this on Monday, but they should be in the in the um, in the in the running for a new position. How about that? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say the actual position because we said we wouldn't do that after the season. So, Oh, but, I thought you were yeah. talking
3: about head coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: that's another thing. I, I mean, this, this team right now, this organization is so up in air right now as far as the direction of where they're going uh, after this game, especially if they lose. Winning, you got more time because, you know, for some reason, I have this feeling that Carolina's going to beat damn Tampa for some reason.
3: <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> because I just have this feeling. It, the that, o- the yeah, only I have this feeling that, that – The that, only fitting finish – to this yes. division yes. would be one of these two games ending in a tie. Like, one, either the Saints and the Falcons tie right, on right, Sunday right. or the Bucks and the Panthers tie on Sunday. And I do think if the Bucks and the Panthers tie, the Bucks do go. Right. I think they still get in. Um, but all of these teams are – I know the Panthers are worse, but, you know, only slightly. slightly. They're only a little bit worse. Yeah. They're worse. They're yeah. worse than they these are, other teams. They are. Now, but I don't think they also beat the, the Falcons. The Falcons aren't
2: the worst team in football. The Panthers are the worst team of football. Yeah, but they, they also are, beat the they Falcons. They did beat the Falcons. I'm, 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 I, I, can't, I can't unsee that. But they're not, the, they're not as bad. They're <laughs> not as bad as the Panthers. Oh. The Falcons aren't as bad as the Panthers? No. No. They, no. They're as good as the Bucs and the Saints, but they're not as bad as the Panthers.
3: So, but, you know, I mean, you just talk. There's a handful of worst teams in the NFL. The Falcons have lost to, like, all of them. Yeah,
2: the Titans. Uh,
3: the Titans. The, the Commanders, Commanders. Yeah. Panthers. Damn. Yeah. Those wins. are the three that's, worst teams. That's
2: four wins that you should have right now. And, and the they, Cardinals. The Cardinals. That's five wins that you should have. By the way,
3: those are the four worst record teams in the NFL. Those are five wins that you
2: should have, and whoever's starting should be resting this weekend.
3: <laughs> I do. Want, let me go to Tankathon NFL real quick just to make sure that that's 100% accurate. Yeah, Carolina. Oh, no, New England's in there. I didn't play New England. <laughs> they
2: would have beat New England. <laughs> they would have beat the they hell beat out of New, New, New England. England. We know
3: that. But, yeah. Early, anyway. Bailey
2: Zappy. Bailey Zappy.
3: Yeah, who's he? Josh Dobbs. All right, we'll come back. We'll get to <laughs> we'll get to what's, we'll get to what's trending to kick off the show. Sports Radio 92.9 The game.
1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: Just trying to find creative ways to get angles. Hell, like I said, one game's on Wildcat. Obviously, uh, them worked. Like, you know, it's like you go back to the Green Bay game. It kind of got us going back in that game again. The comeback was, I believe it was a third and three. And we ran a double reverse pass and he hits Matt Collins. You're a moron if it doesn't work. And I don't know what you call it if it works. But uh, that was a risky take. I mean, you're on the first drive of the game. We had an opportunity to, you know, we hit the run. Uh, you know, had a chance with Kyle. Guys open underneath, and uh, those are risk in every play. And then you get the second down, and obviously didn't get it. You know, I think it was third and 17, try to get back in fuel range. And, you know, the momentum of that
4: certainly didn't help us because we needed to get the lead. That's what we were trying to, have the wind. The fourth, if we needed it. And then they would come back, and they converted. So kind of how the game game went. To
2: to try and get some momentum going. You had all the momentum going right there. You didn't have to <clears throat> do that. And when he called when he called that play, he's talking about
3: in the Green Bay game. He,
2: no, no, yeah, no, in the Green Bay. He said like in the Green Bay, we had to get
3: some going. Yeah, right. He didn't have to get that going last weekend. They right. had it going. It was the first drive. Yeah, they had to go. It's the first play, of first drive. You, you had it. But did you hear? You can hear like because his tone has changed, and I get it. Everyone's tone changes when things go the way they've gone. Not when he's talking about trick plays. Oh. He got a pep in his step there. <laughs> <laughs> he started reliving that third and three double reverse, whatever it was that he called. He started he pepped up on that one, didn't oh. he? Oh. That man. was fun to talk about. Not fun to talk about job security. I get it, all that kind of stuff. But you ask him about a trick play, even if it doesn't work, he's like, well, you know what? We had a, we had Bijan in, in the Wildcat and we had Ritter going in motion. It just gets him going, doesn't it? Oh yeah, it does. Orlovsky yeah, sniffy. We know what Arthur Smith's fetish is. Trick plays. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the trick plays. Trick but um
2: I guess, man. I mean. <laughs> Sorry. I, I mean, no, seriously. No, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not talking about you. I guess. I'm talking about him. I guess. I'm just like, you know what? Until those two, two, ha- two hats that he wears, until they can get to a point where maybe this is not a good thing right here, yep. it's just, th- you're going to have these plays. Was that the end-all, be-all of the game? No, it wasn't. No, was. it was not. And
3: there was some really good play there designs, great, too. That's yeah, what I said. Let, he, can, he can call plays. There were guys just, wide open, just, and they he got missed. Plays,
2: they got missed. Yep. They dropped balls. Yep. They did a lot of they missed blocks. There was so much that went on in that game. So I don't want to just label out that one play as yeah, me too. The, 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 the one play why they lost it's the It's fun game. to
3: have fun with it, and we've had fun with it, and exactly. we'll continue to have fun with exactly. it. Exactly. But, yeah, no, there, there was some play, yeah. and Arch came on yesterday yes. and talked about a couple of those plays in the second half. Scotty Miller's wide open. Yep. How do you miss? How do you not see but him? But that's the thing about
2: know. it is it's the guy pulling the trigger mm-hmm. that is the problem with this football team. It's not even necessarily your head coach all the time. It's, that's, it's him because you don't have that – you don't have the ability to yes. – Call a play and not think it's gonna work. You I do I,
3: mean? I do agree with that. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? Like do agree with
2: that. Like every, you can ask him right now, he's he going uh uh Yeah, when I call plays, I think they're all gonna work. Yeah, when you got the right guy. Right. But sometimes you well not sometimes when you don't have the right guy, things don't go the way they do. And now they're in a situation where uh, you you gambled on on a position, or I want to say gamble you didn't uh, address. It properly, in my opinion, as far as the quarterback position, and I think that's a big reason why you are where you are. Mm-hmm. I know there are mistakes made, missed blocks. We pointed missed blocks out, missed tackles, uh, drop balls, effort, all those different things. We, we and that stuff like that will get you beat. But they they're in this position because they ain't got no quarterback.
3: Yeah, no, like stuff like that happens on a week in, week out yes. basis. And every week you can come in and talk about this example here and that example there. But then there's also multiple examples every single weekend. The constant of the quarterback just not being good enough right. and making mistakes and missing reads and, and all that kind of stuff, and that's been something that's been true for two years now. The the anti-Arthur Smith argument would be, well, you are the person that chose him, so you sleep in the bed you made. The Arthur Smith argument, and what I'm sure he's going to make adamantly on Monday, mm-hmm. is just see what it looks like when I have a a good yeah. guy at that position. Yeah, I mean, he got and then him. Arthur Blank's going to say, "How are you going to get that guy?"
2: And that's going. And then, then that goes to you know, what does Terry, what does me and Terry do to have to get this done? And I think that when you go back and forth as far as, you know, who's going to be here, who's not going to be here, you know, I I don't know. And and I don't even know if if, if this is going to be his last game coaching as the Atlanta Falcons, if they lose. But I think it's going to have to be one of those things where they're going to have to go out and they're going to have to, I won't say pound the pavement because they're not recruiting anybody. but Well, kind of you might be recruiting somebody to come here. But you're going to have to get out there, and I'm talking about on Tuesday, and go out there and start trying to figure this thing out at this position, at the most position, the most important position in this game. You got to go out there and you got to figure out who target who who, who are we going to
3: target, who can we get, all right, and who the hell don't we want? Unless, unless you win, and the Bucks lose, yes, and then on Tuesday you're getting ready for a playoff game, yes. Which, given the way things have gone, would be like that would be crazy, yeah. like. I get it, the division, all that kind of stuff. But just, like, if you didn't know the division they were in and just listened to all of our opening segments on Mondays after the games they played and lost, Mm -hmm. and then you were like, and also they're going to make the playoffs. Like, wait, what? No. Uh, How's that possible? That's impossible that those two things could exist in the same season. And yet, it is possible. I hope they win on Sunday. I hope the— Panthers also win on Sunday, and I hope we're talking about a playoff. Game. Yes. All right. Um. Some some news that happened right before we came on the air, uh, involving the Atlanta Braves. More Chris Sale news. Um. Not only did they trade for him last week, they've now extended him in a very Alex Anthopoulos yes. move. Like this yes. is kind of what he does. He gets his guy, and then he doubles down on it by giving him a contract extension. So mm-hmm. this is from Jeff Passan. Um. They've agreed. To a contract extension with Chris Sale, the new deal starts this season and is for two years mm-hmm. and $38 million, $18 million club option for the third year in mm-hmm. 2026. The previous deal was for this year and next year also. So really, it's just more money and a third year? Option year, yeah. I suppose? Uh, I
2: mean, maybe they want to stress the salary cap here. I don't I don't know. But I'm just thinking, like, every time he brings in a guy of this elk, he extends them right after, doesn't he? Usually, when he brings a guy like this in, he usually extends them right afterwards. This
3: is Alex Anthopoulos yes. saying... I'm not. This isn't like me like buying low, gamble. No, this not. is Alex no. Zappala saying. We, I think this guy's yes. a guy, and, and you, and you I'm can say pay a him that. like
2: that. And and that's what some of the things that I took away when he was on with Dukes and Bell was basically he was talking about most of his issues have not been arm issues. They've been freak accidents, which they have been. Everything outside of the Tommy John, which he had a, a few years ago. But so yeah, he's banking on this guy coming in and being I won't say being who he once was. Because he was a freaking stud.
3: Now, if it, that happens, then it, this deal oh, is the come, biggest bargain oh, yeah. outside of Ronald. If he Acuna. Comes,
2: if, because if he comes like he was, he's better than everybody on your that's on right. your on your in your rotation now. That's right. That Strider, that's Strider, right. Freed, Everybody. That's how bad of a boy he was.
3: Now, if he pitches like he did at the end of the year last year, he's one of your three best yes. guys at that point, and yes. he's probably a playoff pitcher, which yes. is fantastic, and. Probably a bargain at that price too. Yes. And you've got control over him for three yes. years. So, not saying well, that he's
2: going to be that. I don't know. I, 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 I'm not going to say. And Anthopolis that is. <laughs> that's what he's and, saying. And, 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 Alex and, and Alex, I trust. So, if he thinks it's going to be the move, because the only way it won't be is if it, you know, if, if you know, because I don't think, I think if he's healthy, he's going to be fine. I do too. You know, I, I think I have a I feeling if Chris Sell is healthy, he's going to be just fine.
3: When he has been healthy, yes. he has been yes, fine. Yes, exactly. In, so, that's in how his, I view in his it. In his career. And, and the other part of it, once we kind of dig into it, and remember the details of it. It's true. It wasn't. Uh, it was one Tommy John surgery, which isn't good. Let's not. But that's also something that guys bounce back right. from now. That's a common occurrence amongst pitchers. Right. Um, the other ones were just freak weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Now we gotta avoid that. You know, yeah, yeah, you can fall off a bike in Atlanta, too. I mean, don't do it. What the hell are you riding a bicycle for, man? Yeah, get a ride. Get your ride share. You got a $17 million contract. Share, Order an over.
2: over. Stay over there at the, uh, at the battery of one of them apartments, man. Yeah. yeah, Stay right over there. That man. should no, be
3: in the contract. Yeah. No bicycles. No bikes. No bikes. <laughs> and how you heard his rib doing something silly, too, one time? <laughs> I don't know what it was. <laughs> like, he don't have no fun. No fun. No fun. Yeah. This pitch. <laughs> no fun. Just, just
2: just go pitch it, all right? You're not allowed to have any kind of fun whatsoever.
3: Because you're going to get hurt doing it, all right? And you're over there at the battery stand in one of those apartments. Don't go over to PBR and get on that bull. That's how Chris Sale misses three months yeah, next year. That sounds year. like
2: that's an accident waiting to happen. Yeah, you know, he rode a right? bull. He rode a damn bull. He
3: separated his shoulder. All right. <laughs> Let's hear This is the highlight of the night last night. Hawks win over the Thunder. Uh, really entertaining game. I mean, all that's the thing I'll say about the Hawks this year is they haven't won all of their games, but, man, most games are, are super fun and up-tempo and all that stuff. They did win last night, 141-138. This was the highlight.
1: Difference of about eight on the two clocks. Trey goes over to Jalen Johnson. Jalen down the lane. He jams. Oh, he went right over Holger that time. He put the great Holmgren on a poster, and it's seventy six fifty seven. Oh, he did. He got. He, oh, yeah. He he
2: he posterized him. He sure did. And they were playing so well at the, at the at the beginning of the game. A lot of it could have been the travel and last night getting here in a, from Atlanta, playing a, a, a hard fought win. I'm they
3: didn't look tired again. in the fourth quarter. Uh, that's
2: what I'm saying. Like they caught they win. Yeah. Like all right, dog, let's go on and stop bull jive and go out here and get these boys. Man, they don't want none of this right here, and the Hawks <laughs> held on. They held on, they did, I, I, but that's that. That's, I, that's how you talk when you in that, in that huddle, man. I was say, everybody
3: in. who plays for Oklahoma City is from South Southwest Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> got it.
2: Yeah, man. It was like man, stop playing with Kent your boy. Holmgren, yeah. famously. Yeah, man. Let's stop playing with your boy, man. From college, and Park. let's just go out here and just get this win. They almost got it. Almost got it done, man. And I mean, if you didn't know who Shea Gilders was, I mean, the dude is a special, special talent, man. Special, special talent, and it it was just got the most annoying thing for for me. The Hawks is the contested, uncontested like Mm -hmm. rim shots that they give up, Mm -hmm. like shots around the rim. That's just irritating as hell. I don't know, you know. I know you can't. They're not everybody's a shot blocker, but damn it, make them go to the line. Something. I mean, it's just so easy for some teams to just get to this rack or get an offensive rebound, and there's nobody there. He ain't got to do the old
3: 2-3-4-5 uh, pump fakes. He just go right back up.
2: Yeah. Because there's nobody there. Catch it,
3: go back up. Yeah. Uh, they're so intent on not fouling you late in the game That's when they have I mean. those leads that they end up giving up the lead a lot of time. Now, luckily, last night they were able to hang on. Night before, too, or the game before against Washington, very similar thing. They were able to hold on, but. Um, yeah, man. Late game defense. Well, all game defense in general, but late game defense has certainly been a problem for the Hawks. But nice win last night for yep. sure. Oklahoma City is good. Here's J.J. McCarthy. He's playing in the national championship game on Monday night, talking about how like four fifths of teams cheat.
4: I'd say a good number, 80% of the teams in college football steal signs. And, you know, it's just a thing about football. You know, it's been around for years. We, we actually had to adapt because. And uh, 2020
1: or 2019, like when Ohio State was stealing our signs, which is legal, and they were doing it the legal way, we had to, you know, get up to the level that they were at. And we had to, you know, make it an even what playing a, field. What a, what a bad what a answer.
2: <laughs> answer. What the heck were you thinking right there, He's boy?
3: probably telling the 100% truth, which is fine. And you don't want to, like, we always give these guys a hard time for giving canned answers. That was not a canned answer. But, boy, that's a tough one, you know, when some of the narrative surrounding your team going into the national Ohio championship State you guys did cheat.
2: It. Ohio State did it. Yeah, they were cheating better than us, so oh we had to cheat better. God.
3: Was <laughs> he even there in 2019? No, nah, not yet. Oh. <laughs> not yet. Oy, oy, oy. All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> that was. <sighs> Hopefully, I don't steal all Washington signs. That's what I'm hopeful of. I hope we steal all air signs, though. I don't care how we win. We'll come back. Roddy Jones is going to join us. We'll talk some college football with Roddy, get his thoughts on the national championship game coming up on Monday and just the entire landscape of college football right now and everything that's gone down over the last couple of weeks right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, midday show with Andy and Randy with you here. Trueville Thursday, 20 minutes away from an NFL, no huddle. Get back into a couple of different college football conversations at 1220 as well. Smoke and Joe Patrick going to join us at 120 live from Flowery Branch as uh, we'll have had an opportunity to speak with Arthur Schmidt and some of the players up there. So we'll get a sense uh, of, of the, the vibe up there. Final week of the season ahead of a must-win game on Sunday against the Saints. Uh, but on Thursdays at this time, Roddy Jones joins us. From ESPN and the ACC Network. We're going to call him Studio Ride.
2: I ain't seen this man in the studio so much this past week. What's up, studio?
4: What's up, boy? Yeah, they, uh, you know, no, not as many games uh, at least for me to do. So you talk in the studio for a little bit. Yeah, I'm
3: like like Rod in the studio. Just, <laughs> hey, man, versatility. <laughs> yeah, versatility. You got to have the versatility because I know ACC Network, but he's yeah. doing SEC. He's yeah. doing all kinds of games throughout the year. Hey, Rod,
2: I know last week we didn't we didn't get a chance to catch up with you because I wanted to talk to you about the pro, the direction and how big the bold win was for Georgia Tech in the direction of a good recruiting class and everything coming back. The, I mean, and didn't lose a lot of guys, and you got the most important position, a quarterback over there at Tech.
4: Yeah, I mean, the bowl game, the bowl game is absolutely huge. I thought it. it's just a lot of positive momentum for the program. You're playing a Power 5 program in UCF that did a great job throughout the season of playing games close. They didn't win as many games as they should have, but they were probably better than, than their record suggested. So going out and getting that bowl win, you mentioned the quarterback. Haynes King was, was phenomenal, mostly with his legs. I think Buster Faulkner has been great. They've been able to keep all of that together. So, so look, I give Brent Key a lot of credit. There's been a lot of proof of concept that he is uh, that he's the right guy for the job this season, which is really important in your first year in the new tenure. What did you
3: make of the way that the the Georgia and Florida State bowl game played out? Obviously, not what anyone wanted to watch. I think we kind of understand the the dynamics at play with with everything in college football right now, but. I'm sure you watched that with both football eyes and then also just sort of big-picture eyes, and I'm interested to to hear what you saw that night.
4: Yeah, I, I think it's hard to make drastic conclusions of either team. I think there's reason to be concerned about Florida State going forward. You know, if that's your guys that they're rolling in the next year with, especially without a big influx in the transfer portal, I think the bigger takeaway for me is sort of what Kirby Smart said. Like, is this what we want bowl games to be? And then also, you know, I think a lot of it kind of swung me back towards the. I think we've become too permissive of these opt outs, to be honest with you. And I understand my first round pick making the decision to protect an investment in case they get hurt. I understand where we are with the transfer portal. But a lot of the borderline guys didn't play in that game. And I think for Florida State, you know, you left the guy that you grinded with all year long, you left the guy that, that you sort of helped build this program with. Um, kind of out on an island. You know, you fed them to the Wolves with, with no protection, with no armor, with no weapons against the great team in, in the University of Georgia. So I understand the frustration of Florida State. I do think it's a unique situation because we're going to 12 teams. But I also very much feel like, you know, I, I am back to, hey, look, if, if you're not a first-round pick, play in the game. And, and like, you look over the course of the bowl season, Bo played. Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. to project the first round pick right. played. And there's plenty of guys that opted out. But, but I think we've become too permissive of like, oh, you know, business decision for this guy who's projected 7th round pick. No, nah, bro. Like, <laughs> Georgia would have been the first hit that any professional scout would have turned on. So, so I, I've, I've swung back the other way.
2: Hmm. All right, Rob, what about these these playoff games? I mean, I mean, we could talk about committee leaving out teams and who should have got in, best four teams, whatever. But both of these games were classics. Take my, uh, the Rose Bowl one, as far as Michigan finding a way to win. I thought it should have been more of a blowout the way Michigan was moving the ball and moving around and beating up Alabama up front. But it did come down to overtime.
4: Yeah, look, uh, this, this Florida State, I think the Florida State conversation goes two ways with this, it. like exactly what I said. Also, Florida State should have gotten a chance to play in these games. Right. A separate conversation that I think is fair to have is Florida State probably gets blitzed in both of the games, which, which like doesn't at all justify them leaving Florida State out. But we got two great games. Uh, you, you mentioned the Rose Bowl. Michigan felt like they controlled the game for the vast majority of it until their offense went absolutely dormant in the second half. But when clutch time came, like, Michigan was great. And I thought that, that they were two deserving winners of those games. Um, first off, Alabama's inability to, to take a snap or to have a, a consistent snap from the center position absolutely killed them. Killed them in overtime. Killed them in the first drive of the second half where they had all that momentum. And then a bad snap forced a punt. Um, so – you know, that being the thing that takes down Alabama, I think was probably something that I didn't have on my bingo card. Mm-hmm. But it was it was a tremendous spectacle for the sport. Uh, and then the way Washington played, other than letting Texas back into that game, because I mean, remember, it's double digit lead with, you know, what, four minutes left in the game. Probably should have never gotten to the point where Texas is throwing the ball into the end zone to win it. Um, nonetheless, it gave us some real drama towards the end. And, and I think, I think we're in for a, for a pretty classic, uh, championship game too, especially with the contrast of style.
3: Yeah, I I think so too. I think the championship game is going to be really good on Monday night. The interesting thing for me and full disclosure, you may know this, you may not people listening certainly do. I'm, I'm a Washington alum and I'm a diehard Washington Huskies fan, um, But listening to the conversations leading into the Pac-12 championship game when they're double-digit underdogs and then into the Texas game where the majority of the national media is is favoring Texas, Vegas did as well. What are people getting wrong about Washington when they're analyzing these matchups?
4: So uh, I think going into the Pac-12 championship game, we were pretty fair in the assessment of where the two teams were. Washington played much more like the team at the beginning of the season than the team that had played the vast majority of November. A lot of that was helped. Getting Jalen McMillan back helps. You know, the sickness that went through the team, getting over that certainly helps. Um, But Washington also played a lot better, especially on the defensive front, than they did in that first matchup against Oregon, where we came out of it, yes, praising Washington, but also criticizing Dan Lanning's uh, decisions on fourth down. Um, and then you go into the Texas game, and Texas was so good in that Big 12 championship game. I think people kind of got afraid of what Texas can do offensively. I, I was actually on the Washington train I because I were. think there's something about <laughs> I knew their- you were. Yeah, it's honestly because of you, <laughs> yeah, Andy. Yeah. But-, but there's something about this Washington team. Like, there's something special about them. And-, and-, and to be honest, Texas played a lot different in that championship game than they did the vast majority of the back half of the season. So, so going into this one, Michigan is favored. I'm still on Washington, man, just because, you know, I think Washington's offensive line does not get enough credit. That was an excellent Texas front, and they did not give up a sack. Some of that was on the line. Some of that was on the movement of Michael Penix. But you put all of it together, and you get a quarterback that's really hard to sack. They showed you what they can do when they use Michael Penix's leg. Michigan's going to try and play bully ball, and I do think they can have some success doing it. But I, I also think Washington – with the weapons that they have on the perimeter. They've got the best offensive line in the country. I, I like Washington for the game. But I think, to answer your question more succinctly, I, I think Washington is, is just playing the best at the right time. Mm-hmm. Who can win
2: this game not doing what they do best?
4: Actually, I think it's Washington. Like, if you force Michigan into a shutout, I'm not sure they can win. Mm-hmm. Washington won a 15-7 to game earlier this year. Like, they have shown that they can win a game in a slugfest and I do think I do think they're not given enough credit for how well they're built on the line of scrimmage. Like Michigan won the Joe Moore Award in 22 and in 21 for the best offensive line in the country. Washington won it in 2023. Mm-hmm. That offensive line has been the best in the country again. And, and Michigan is sort of more of a sum of the parts team on the defensive line, very very good. Some, but, but when you talk about individual talent, it, the advantage goes to Washington. When you talk about group talent at key positions, I think the advantage goes to Washington. So I think Washington, the Dylan Johnson injury is big, and it we'll is. see how bad that is. But uh, but I think Washington can win it in a way that, that they have not for most of the year.
3: Roddy, I, I mean, I always love talking
4: to you, but boy, what a
3: what an <laughs> amazing point you just made right there at the end. We appreciate it.
4: Yeah, guys. Hey, anytime I can pump up watching for you, Andy, just call me.
3: I will. I will call you all the time. Appreciate you, bro. Roddy Jones there, ESPN, ACC Network. He's been everywhere this bowl season. He's been in the booth calling games. I think I saw him on the sideline for a couple of the yeah. early bowl games. He's been in the studio, like you said, analyzing a lot of this stuff. And, look, I I know the, the people that, um, that cover this stuff and talk about it from a national perspective – Do their best, for sure, Mm -hmm. obviously. There's a lot of games to watch, and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of teams to watch and all of that kind of stuff. I also have to take my own advice that I give people oftentimes when it comes to this type of stuff is you don't really have to care about what everyone says about your team, you know? Right. Like, you you can choose to listen to who you want to listen to. So, yeah, like this week listening to people talk about, like, basketball on grass and stuff like that, it's like, well, Well, it's not not exactly exactly right. right They can do that, but also it's like, you know what? That's all right. Like, if they want to frame it that way and make it sort of like a Michigan is this old school ground and pound, three yards and a cloud of dust, mm-hmm. and Washington is this sort of new age spread it all over, that's fine. If that's how you want to. Now, Washington does have the best offensive line in the country. Yeah. They can run the football but my thing very with the whole, well. The they are not afraid the, of a
2: slugfest. The Washington offensive line, I did not know they were this good. I didn't know Neither I, did I. I did not know neither they, did I did not. not know they were more award winning good. Yeah. I didn't know that There's
3: good. a couple guys so, that you just didn't you yeah. didn't know what to expect yeah. from them. And so
2: when I saw them win, I was very surprised. <laughs> but I was like, Oh, damn. Well good for them. <laughs> but I think that, you know, I think that and obviously we'll talk a whole bunch about this on Monday. I just think that Washington has too much offense for Michigan. I do. I think if they can hold up against Michigan's that front, how they got after the Alabama and, and kind of, you know, not kind of, and pressured the hell out of him. Uh, talking about Miro. Yeah, if, if 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 Penix is comfortable, it's a wrap. I agree with that. It's a wrap.
3: They're it's gonna wrap. move the pocket yeah. too to help him, which they do really well, depending on where the pressure's coming from. I understand Michigan has a really good front. They do. So did Texas. They got a very good front, and a very good scheme. Texas didn't touch him once. Got,
2: I think that the, the only thing the difference between Texas is they got they can get outside pressure. Mm-hmm. Texas That's right. Texas can get outside Texas out, has really Texas good, has interior, real good guys. interior guys. Michigan, Michigan has, has good. Yeah, Michigan at, yeah. has outside guys. What
3: we don't know about Michigan, I know they've got the one guy, forget his name. Um. Anyway, uh, in the secondary, that's a first-round mm-hmm. pick. Um, we don't really know how good that secondary is because they haven't played they have, any, they any they passing attacks. They
2: haven't played an office like this. They haven't, year. they haven't. And we saw this. We saw this as a result also in the uh, in the Peach Bowl with. And with this Penn State defense going against that Ole Miss offense with those weapons and being able to stretch the field, they were lost. And so, I mean, that's going to be that that thing where, you know, Michigan's going to try and make it. They're going to try and make it. We know that. And and the one thing that that Washington cannot do is play Michigan's game, meaning they still got to be themselves as far as that up tip. But don't know if the runner is going to play or not. Uh, Everything yeah, they
3: yeah. said yesterday made it sound like he's going to play.
2: How effective is he going to be? That's though? a great That's question. the biggest thing. Because he effective. played all year, yes. and he was
3: dealing with it. Yes. The first J- – Dylan Johnson is the running back's yes. name. Um First half of the year, he was hobbled and was ineffective. Something he, over time got healthy in the second half and was really good. And then obviously he gets hurt on that third down play, which damn near cost Washington in the game was like, in the end. and he couldn't get out of the field. That's, is our offensive linemen allowed to carry people? Well, you Why you not they just you, carry him you off the field.
2: Remember they carried uh, Brian Lewerenz? You know I thought <laughs> did they change the rule because of that?
3: Because I was I was I was yelling. At, somebody grab him! Like you guys got a bunch of big offensive yeah, linemen. Pick up Dylan Johnson and carry him to the sideline so this clock can continue to run. Um, but yeah, no that, that's definitely a big part of it. I do look. I'm tr- I will say all bias aside, but that's impossible. Yes. I will not be able to put bias aside on this one. Roddy made a good point though. Like that football team won a number of quote slugfests this year. I wouldn't say the Arizona State example it was That gave was game. that was just a crappy yeah, game. Ugly game. That was more of a pillow fight than a slugfest. But they beat oh Oregon State in Corvallis in a monsoon oh, twenty-two a to twenty.
2: Great game. Too. Okay,
3: that was that was a slugfest. They beat um, Utah in the second half of that game running the football in a, a, against a really tough defense at Utah. That was a slugfest. They won games like that. They don't want to play like that. Mm-mm. They want to throw it all over the place they and, be and score points. With it. Well, they want to be pretty with it. But, but they, they don't have dirty. to be. They can get dirty. Yeah, they don't have to be. I don't know. we got plenty of time to continue to break it down. Excellent analysis by Roddy Jones, as always. We'll come back. We'll get to an NFL no huddle to kick off the noon hour. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.